Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The only thing necessary for evil to prevail is that good men and women do nothing. I am simply a mouthpiece for good people from around the world who want to make a difference. The engagement and the involvement of ordinary people is what is going to change our criminal justice system. Many have tried and failed. The only difference between them and me is I'm bringing an army with me. This is Truth and Justice. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this bonus edition of Truth and Justice. Yesterday, Thursday, November 9th, our season four case, George Powell III, had his day in court. And at this hearing, photogrammetry expert who we heard from here on this show, Grant Fredericks, was able to testify. In this short bonus episode, we're going to hear from Executive Director of the Innocence Project of Texas, Michael Ware, as he updates us on what went on at the hearing and what's to come next. Here's Michael Ware. Yesterday, the, the uh, entire afternoon, was taken up with Grant Fredericks's testimony. And, you know, he is obviously uh, an extremely competent and qualified expert in the field of forensic video analysis and very meticulous and did a very thorough job in this case, initially for the uh, Texas Forensic Science Commission. But then, you know, he, he continued on and uh, did some work for us on the case. And he testified yesterday. He came in from Spokane. You know, he's a very busy man, testifies a lot for the police and the prosecutors, uh, but also testifies for the defense. And he was, you know, made a a very ordered and uh, understandable presentation of uh, what he did in this case, of the, uh, you know, what his qualifications are, of the field of forensic video analysis and how a real scientific study done correctly can make an accurate height determination of a subject that is in a video, such as in the security video in this case, particularly when there is a tape measure at the door specifically for that purpose. And um, anyway, he spent the afternoon testifying on direct on on all of that. and and explained to the judge that that George Powell was without doubt absolutely excluded from any possibility that he could be the robber in this case. And then the prosecutor took him on cross-examination and basically, and I'm not the only one with this opinion, others who observed, I think, agreed, basically through his cross-examination questions and the answers, tremendously even strengthened our case in Grant Fredericks's credibility and his conclusions. And so that's kind of the way the day ended. 
I mean, we only had the afternoon, but the odd thing that was going on was that, you know, after we had fought back and forth, we wanting to put their trial expert on the stand, Michael Knox, and the state, ironically, fighting us, uh, not wanting to put their expert, Michael Knox, their trial expert, Michael Knox, on the stand, which is a situation not only have I never encountered, but I've never even heard of. Evidently, they had Michael Knox back in the conference room behind the courtroom, closed door, and I don't know what they were doing. There was some kind of peculiar behavior going on that some of the other attendants noticed between the prosecutor and I don't know who else. I mean, I, it was just odd that they had him back in the conference room back there. I mean, if they were trying to hide him, why didn't they have him in their office? But we had a subpoena issued for him, and um, you know, our paralegal knocked on the door, and they opened the door, and she served him with the subpoena, deuces taken, wanting him to bring all relevant documents to court with him. And the this was during a break, and, and the prosecutor evidently pitched a hissy fit. And after she walked out, opened the door and threw the subpoena back out from uh, the conference room and said he had not been served. Okay. So, and, yeah, that's kind of what we said. And um, so I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what to make of all that. And then so we had a professional process server come and wait outside the door. In the meantime, evidently, they had uh, scurried him away, and the process server was told by a DA investigator that Mr. Knox was on his way to the airport. They didn't know what airport, and that was kind of the end of that. So, you know, it's it's just bizarre. I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what to make of it, but uh, my <laughs> – I'm not sure what take to, to, to make of it. I, we will probably make a record of all that on Monday when we go back to court. The way that that courthouse operates is it shuts down absolutely at 450, supposedly for security reasons. And so we did not have an opportunity to make that record with the court before we left yesterday afternoon. And I don't know what they're going to do on Monday, where they're going to bring Knox back and, and try to surprise us by putting him on the stand. I don't know. The the behavior is bizarre and not like anything I've really ever encountered before, and I've seen a lot. So if I have this right, they refused to produce Knox, but then brought him there secretly and were hiding him in a back room? Yes. And then you served him with a subpoena, and then they, it was the prosecutor that threw the subpoena back out and said that he wasn't served? Yeah, through a, through a fit. He was very rude to our paralegal who served him with the subpoena. And when she, she you know, um, very respectfully, you know, served him and walked out of the room. And then my understanding is the door opened and the prosecutor threw the subpoena back out of the room where Knox had been served and said that he had not been properly served. Uh, am I confused or does properly served simply mean that you have proof that they received the document? Well, his contention was she was not a professional process server or a law enforcement officer. But the, the I mean, that's what he said. But the, the statute does not require a professional process server or a law enforcement officer to serve a subpoena. That's true of a civil petition. In other words, if someone's being served with divorce papers or someone is being served with a, a civil lawsuit, yes, someone has to be a professional process server 
or a constable, but but a subpoena in a criminal case can be done by any qualified person over the age of 18. And in fact, we have investigators, all kinds of people who are over the age of 18 serve subpoenas for us regularly. So I guess that's what he was quibbling about is, is whether or not she was someone who was qualified to serve a subpoena, which we believe under the statute she clearly was. And then after you then went and got a professional process server, they had removed him from the courtroom and told you he was at the airport? Yes, yes. Well, it sounds like the the elected officials in Bell County are, are still up to the same shenanigans. Um, but did I hear you right? So you guys are back in court now on Monday? Monday at 10 o'clock, yes. We don't know, since the prosecutors played hide the ball about this, we don't know who the witnesses will be on Monday. We had hoped we would be finished on Monday. Evidently, the prosecutor who's handling these post-trial proceedings intends to call the two trial attorneys who prosecuted the case, who have already submitted affidavits, but they're going to be on vacation next week. So evidently, at least according to the prosecutor, so evidently we're not going to be able to finish on Monday. So hopefully we'll get through as much as we can on Monday and finish up shortly after that. And in the meantime, George just continues to sit in the county jail. Yes, yes. While they're on vacation. Yes, which is outrageous. Speaking of which, real quickly before we wrap it up, how is George doing? You know, he he is um, in a lot of pain. Uh, he's, um, since, <laughs> since you asked, uh, he has an abscessed tooth, and um, we're trying to get it treated as best we can through the jail facilities, but it, it's extremely uncomfortable for him. All right. Well, um, if you can, just send George our best and tomorrow as well. And we'll probably check back in with you next week and, and see how things are going as we as we are progressing through this. Okay. I, I sure will. And I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Truth and Justice is a production of NBI Studios. Michael Bussing is our executive producer, and all music for the show was created by PutThemInASong.com. Tate Krupa designed and created our logo, and our website is managed and maintained by Katie Ross and Chris Brinkley. Thank you to our transcription team, Sarah Mueller, Anna Dindorf, Britta Bliss, and Stephanie McConnell. As George's case moves through the Bell County court system, be sure to keep a lookout for future bonus episodes updating us on the progress. And for anybody that is available, please consider attending George's hearing next Monday the 13th of November at 10 a.m. at the Bell County Courthouse. As for right now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice. Truth and Justice.